This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Just got to stay in the moment. Um, stay in the moment, take it game by game, and then, um, you know, we'll see where we end up. But, uh, you know, you want to win as many games as possible in the end here. And, um, you know, we're just a few points out of the playoff race, so uh, we're going to keep pushing to the very end. Despite all the rumors flying around the Calgary Flames, Rasmus Anderson says this team's focus is still on a playoff spot. On this Wednesday, the Calgary Flames sit three points out of a wildcard spot in the Western Conference with a few teams to climb over and a tough opponent to close out their homestand as they welcome in the Boston Bruins on Thursday. Welcome to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you on this Wednesday from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Bowling Foundation, Walls, they have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, all things basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Busy program for you. We'll dive into the Calgary Flames. Back at practice after a very successful Flames charity poker event at the Deerfoot Inn and Casino, raising over $500,000 for the Flames Foundation and the great work they do in this city. So congratulations to Candace, Candace Gowdy and the rest of the Flames Foundation group for putting on such a successful event. We, uh, I know Sportsnet 960 had a great time there. Pat Steinberg, Aaron Vickers, and others had a great time catching up uh, with different members of the Flames. So if you missed any of that, make sure to check out Tuesday's edition of Flames Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Team back on the practice ice Wednesday. As I said, they're going to close out their homestand on Thursday night when they welcome in the Boston Bruins. Later on this hour, very excited to chat with PWHL Toronto's Sarah Nurse, one of the best female hockey players around, period. Olympic champion, world champion. Catch up with her season in the PWHL and also check in on an initiative that she's got going with Rogers and the PWHL to make hockey a more inclusive place going forward. So we'll chat with Sarah Nurse coming up in just a little bit plus Wednesdays mean wild card Wednesday Cam Shan and me will spin the wheel as we get weird for another edition of wild card Wednesday quick reminder the fan feedback line is always open to you 960-960 we'd love to hear from you on this Wednesday if you're listening live mind you can catch the show wherever you get your podcast Google Amazon Spotify or your favorite podcatcher let's kick things off with the latest from the Calgary Flames. Back on the practice ice on Wednesday. Coming off a big win against the Winnipeg Jets. They can go 2-2 two two on this homestand with a victory against the Boston Bruins on Thursday. It won't be easy. We know the Calgary Flames beat Boston in Boston to kick off their post-All-Star break schedule. The Bruins remain one of the best teams in the NHL. And it's always fun when one of the original six franchises makes their way through Calgary. So it'll be a big test for the Flames, who passed the test on Monday against the Winnipeg Jets. They were able to bounce back after two horrendous losses to the San Jose Sharks and the Detroit Red Wings. Now, like I said, they can put some of that behind them and hopefully start a new winning streak as they look to push 
towards a playoff spot. Can tell you this per our pal Pat Steinberg, the host of Flames Talk and Flames Hockey here on Sportsnet 960. The lines and pairings at practice today have remained the same as we've seen them. We did see some change up heading into that game against the Jets on Monday, but everything back to the status quo that we've seen of late. That means Zary with Kadri and Pospisil, Huberto, Sharon Govich, and Kuzmenko, Manjapani with Backlund and Coleman, Hunt with Rooney and Dewar. Jacob Pelche did not skate, still dealing with that upper body injury. Your deep pairings, Hannafin with Tanev, Uyghur with Anderson, Shillington with Pahal, Gilbert and Osterley skating as the fourth pairing. And, of course, your two goaltenders at practice today were uh, Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. Let's catch up with the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Lots to talk to uh, with head coach Ryan Huska as the Flames get set to finish off their four-game homestand against the Boston Bruins on Thursday. Here's the coach following practice Wednesday at the Dome. What's the mood of the group right now? Like, you are very much within striking distance of the playoffs. Like, what's the emotional yeah, I, I feel like it's been very similar the whole year. Like there, and it's it's different for sure when you're coming off of a win and an effort that we like. Um, but they've been really good. I mean, even off of days off where sometimes there's a little bit of sluggishness around the room, uh, which is normal. Today they were they were really good. I felt so. The the mood has been good. How how important is this one game at a time mentality when you're when you're in a playoff battle? Yeah, it it is, and it's been kind of a message we've had all year. So it, it's not really changing. So it's nothing new for them. I mean, you can't look back, you can't look forward. Um, so the only thing that makes sense to do is focus on what's right in front of you, and that's Boston. When you say the mood change coming off a win, I mean St. Louis also lost on Monday, and I know you guys are focused on yourself, but does that does that in any way change the mood when you go from five points back to three? Yeah, well, there's there's. How can I put it? Like, there's a lot of hockey nerds in our room um, where they live and breathe it. So they're watching games like you and I would. Um, they look at stats the next day. They love the game. Um, so if one of them tells you that, no, we don't pay attention to that, they do, but they don't. They do it because they love the game. Um, and at the end of the day, it really just comes down to us. We can't control what other teams are going to do, so it's just making sure we're at our best. Are you telling us that the players are not 100% honest with us all the time? <laughs> Most times. <laughs> you, you've never done a segment thing. You know, like past coaches here have gone in seven-game segments and all that. You don't break it up like that in any way? Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? Yeah, we do for sure. We have different, different little things that we do. Yeah. They have to have something that they're working towards, I feel. I, um, and it keeps them after you live in, in the moment type thing. So what happened yesterday doesn't matter because we're pushing towards this. So it's right in front of you that's important. So would be an example of like a segment or one of those things that you're having them work towards? Uh, well, we have seven games, um, like Eric mentioned there, but we also at times will break it into smaller little stretches as well, just to make it a little bit more manageable number. We always say that there, you know, there are no bad teams in this league, but I mean, Boston's one of the very, very good teams in this league. When you know that you've beaten them in their own house last game, do you sort of expect them coming out, you know, ready to give you their best tomorrow? Oh, they will. I mean, they that's the way they play, and that's why they've been one of the top teams in the league over the last little while. So we know what we're going to get from them. It's a matter of us trying to replicate what we did in Boston, where we didn't give them a lot of room on the ice, and I thought we dictated a lot of the play. Now um, the challenge is us to find that consistency and be able to do that again tomorrow night. We've asked you about this forever, but what's the late... How do you characterize the way Huberto's been playing of late? I, I keep feeling like he's going in the right direction lately. Like he, He's one where you look at the plays when he's executing and making plays, you know he's starting to feel really good about himself. And I've seen a, much more from him over the last little while. And 
um, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a positive sign for sure, and we need him. Like, there's no there's no doubt about it. When he's feeling you know, good about his game, he's a better player, and I think he brings other people along with him. So I've been since the turn of the new year, I guess you can say he's been a pretty consistent player for us. Right. The penalty kill has been a strength of this team for most of the season. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you'd only given up multiple power play goals in two games prior to the last two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you see on the PK in the last couple of games, and is that just a statistical anomaly? Uh, well, last game there was a misread on one of them, and that happens from time to time. On uh, their first goal where Connor got it back door and, and Monaghan finished, um, that's one where a defenseman knows he's responsible for, for dealing with. Um, you go through ups and downs, and I think that's the challenge with both special teams. Like some nights, your your power play is not looking like it should, and there's other nights where your penalty kills, you know, it's it's leaky for whatever reason. It's a matter of getting back to what we do well when you find yourself in those situations. And I think the other thing when you're talking penalty kill is don't take penalties against good power plays. So we have to find a way to play hard, but you make sure you stay out of the penalty box. How important have leaders like Backlund and others been in kind of managing the, the temperature of the, the room during this stretch, right? Um, dealing with... Well, like using your message of one game at a time yeah. and making sure these guys maybe don't get too high or too low. How important has the leadership group been? Uh, very important to answer your question. Like we, we have our message for the players and then we leave the room. So it's, it's Michael and his crew that have to try to continue on that message when we leave and if you don't have that it doesn't work so he's been he's been really important for our coaching staff for sure and and bringing our team along coach that uh, backland Manjapani coleman line got rewarded on the score sheet monday uh, but when you look ahead to tomorrow and even further down the road to saturday how important is that line going to be for you in kind of a matchup role uh tougher on the road for sure because we don't have that advantage um at home like we always try to play them against um, lines that are are the top lines. Um, they know that. I think everybody knows that we try to do that when teams come in here. On the road, it's a little different situation for us, though. Yeah. And I know we talked about Oliver's goal the other day, yeah. but what's been your kind of overall impression as he's starting to settle back in? Uh, I, I think every game he's played for us, he's gotten better and better. That's minute-wise and, and what he's doing with the puck, but also jumping in the play. And I, I feel like he's starting to, and I don't like the word comfortable, but I feel like he's starting to get comfortable again with who he is and, and how he can play the game and how he can help our team win. What yeah. shows you that? The way he skates a lot of times for me. So if he's willing to get himself involved in the rush, um, I, I don't really worry about him making it back to our own zone because he's faster than most guys. So when he looks like he's reading the play the right way and he's involved um, to try to not only help us generate offense, but he's tight to the play is typically when he's at his best. Ross talked about how Jonathan Huberdeau's game has been ascending for quite some time. Uh, today he was back with Igor Sharangovich and Andre Kuzmenko. What would you like to see from those two guys as you reunite those those three guys? The first two games they played together, they were a puck possession line where they had it a lot in the offensive zone. Um, and a lot of that came down to uh, they had a good pace of play as a line um, that allowed them to play deep into the offensive zone. And then they were strong on the puck. So if they can do a little bit more of that, I think they can be an effective line. Connor was just talking about uh, you know seeing the league tighten up here as we get a little bit deeper in. How, how have you felt? Uh, you know, obviously 
prior games have helped prepare those younger guys for that. They're getting their kind of first sense of it. But how have they managed, um, you know, as things have, have started to lock up a little bit more? Yeah, it's a little bit learn on the fly for them. I mean, we as coaches, you can tell them, and I know their teammates tell them, there's certain stages of the season where the pace of play and the intensity gets ratcheted up. And typically this is one of the times where it does bump, where a lot of the older players decide, like, okay, now it's time to start playing. So when the older um, top players in the league really get themselves going, there's a different level to the way the games are played. And we're getting into another one of those phases. But they've seen that bump at different stretches. So now it's a little bit more of them expecting it and, and being ready for it. And their teammates will let them know that's coming as well. How important has Kadri been, not just as a guy that goes up, shows up on the score sheet, but mainly dragging your team into the fight uh, every night? And those young guys, like there's a big reason why Connor and uh, Marty have had good years. Um, and Naz deserves a lot of credit for that because sometimes, you know, as an older guy, you look at they're calling two guys up and I'm going to play with these two guys. <laughs> you know, he wants to be a driver and he wants to have impact, but he took that the right way. Uh, and he made that line, you know, arguably our most consistent line um, over the course of the season since they've been put together. So um, Naz has had a real good impact this year, so we're really pleased with what he's been able to do for our team both on and off the ice. When you think back, what made you put those two rookies with him? Um, uh, you know what? We want a little bit of pace with Marty was one thing, and we thought Connor, if he had that speed with Naz's ability to kind of control the play at times, Naz likes to hold on to the puck a lot. Um, Connor's kind of sneaky and composed with it. Um, and then we would use Marty as a driver where he would just be going up and down his wing, kind of creating a little bit of havoc. And it worked early on, and they've, they seem to have built some chemistry where they, they understand how to read off of each other now. There you go. That's Flames head coach Ryan Huska checking in with the media following practice for his team at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on Wednesday. We bring you the latest from the Flames locker room every single edition of Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Flames and Bruins next up on the schedule for the Calgary Flames. Again, picked up a big win against Boston earlier this month, and we'll see what the Bruins bring to town on Thursday. It's the final game of this four-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. You know we've got you covered right here on Sportsnet 960 with all your Flames coverage. You're going to start at 6 o'clock with Pat Steinberg. He'll have Flames warm-up for you to get you the latest uh, on the Calgary Flames lines, deep pairings at warm-ups, and then at 7 o'clock, Garrick Wills and Megan Mickelson have the call of the Flames and the Boston Bruins here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Flames won't be going far, however, uh, for their quick one-game road trip just up the road to Edmonton on Saturday night for another edition of the Battle of Alberta, and then back on home ice February 27th as they welcome in the Los Angeles Kings. And you want to talk about Games that mean an awful lot to this team when it comes to that playoff race, uh, that game against L.A. to close out February. Going to be a big one. And then, of course, it's the Mika Kippersoff Jersey Retirement Night, March 2nd, Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. That's going to be a fantastic night. And then, oh, look, another team that you're fighting with in the Western Conference, the Seattle Kraken in town for a 7.30 puck drop Monday, March 4th. Flames will then head out for three games on the road against Tampa Bay, Florida, and Carolina. As we look at the NHL schedule on this Wednesday, it's uh, not the, the busiest of nights, but we've got a couple of games to keep your eyes on if you're a Flames fan. Five games on the schedule. Sportsnet's got a doubleheader for you. It starts at 5 o'clock with the Sabres and the Habs. 
That'll lead you right into the Boston Bruins and the Edmonton Oilers across the Sportsnet television network at 8 o'clock. So if you want to get a sneak peek at the next two opponents for the Calgary Flames, you'll have a chance to do so at 8 o'clock tonight with puck drop between the Bruins and the Edmonton Oilers across the Sportsnet television network. Also got the Flyers and the Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Ducks, Maple Leafs, and the Coyotes. Right now, I'm going to switch things over. Uh, really excited for this next conversation. Chatting with one of the best in the game, world champion, Olympic champion, and a member of PWHL Toronto. Uh, checking in down the Atlas Peace and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon uh, with Sarah Nurse. Sarah, thanks for doing this today. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm really good. Uh, talk to me about uh, your season so far with Toronto. It's got to be exciting uh, at this point in the season of the PWHL. Yeah, honestly, it's been great. Uh, we've been going at it for about a month and a half now, and we had a bit of a slow start to the season in Toronto, but we've definitely picked it up. Uh, I think we're on a couple games winning streak at this yep. point, but we're having a lot of fun, and we're finally hitting our stride, and uh, it's been a good season so far. Uh, from a big-picture perspective, Sarah, has it lived up to what you thought it would be in the months leading up to this when we knew this was going to happen? Has it kind of lived up to your expectations, your hopes or dreams of what the PWHL would be? It's definitely exceeded expectations. Uh, I came into the season, obviously, super confident in, you know, our players and what we had to offer. Um, and I was optimistic about everything from a league perspective, but also, like, giving them grace because we've only had six, <laughs> eight months to throw this thing together. But honestly, it's completely exceeded expectations and the fan support um, the you know the, the investment support from different partners have been amazing, and so uh, the sky's the limit for us. What's the feeling knowing that this isn't going to be a one-off? That next year, at the same time, you guys are going to be doing the same thing, and I, I mean that because, as you know, in women's hockey, so often it's you know it's the Olympics or it's the World Championships, and then you got to kind of wait a couple years for it to happen again. What's that feeling like for you guys, knowing that you're going to be at this thing for the next couple of years, hopefully? Yeah, it's fun. Um, it's fun being able to build a community. We haven't been able to do that or have that in women's hockey. And so to have like a home fan base and uh, to have people ask, you know, oh, you play hockey, where are you playing? Oh, play in Toronto. Um, and so like they want to know more about our season and just being able to say like, oh, next year we're going to have a home. Like I'm on a three-year contract. I know that <laughs> at least I'm going to be playing hockey next year. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Does it take away some of the stress of it too, knowing that it's – a little bit more set in stone than maybe it's ever been during your career? I think for us as hockey players, we've always had to worry about um, other things. Like we've had to worry about marketing and selling tickets and yeah. doing all of that for our games. Whereas now we can just be hockey players and focus solely really on performance. I, I still truly believe that we're the best ambassadors for our games still. Um, but the fact that we can just be hockey players, we can recover, we can perform, we can prepare um, like a professional hockey player. Uh, and I guess with, with some of that stability that the PWHL has been able to provide you guys is it gives you an opportunity to do some other things to help grow the game. And one of them uh, that you've been doing in part with Rogers is Nursey Night. And you had your first one last Friday. Talk to us about what Nursey Night is and how the first edition went. Yeah, it went pretty amazing. Uh, it's crazy to see what it kind of spiraled into. It started out with just, you know, me wanting to invite some girls to games so they could see um, professional women's hockey. And after we had a lot of conversations, we brought Blacker Hockey Club on board. And then my league wanted to get involved. And then Rogers coming in, um, obviously being like a premier partner, uh, giving $50,000 to Blacker Hockey Club for different uh, funding and programming uh, really changed the game. And so to be able to see those 15 girls sitting in the suite, having so much fun and watching professional hockey, um, it made me smile. 
style for sure. Uh, for those of us listening who maybe don't have as much knowledge, tell us about Black Girl Hockey Club and why it's such a big thing for you to be involved with. Yeah, I mean, we all want to make hockey the most inclusive and safe space as possible. And so I know for me growing up, my family was the only black family pretty much ever in hockey arenas. And so uh, we want to empower um, you know, people who there's a lot of intersectionality. So, you know, whether that's black people, indigenous people, women, yeah. um, people with different sexual orientations, we want to allow them a space and understand that they're allowed to be in arenas. They can feel comfortable in arenas. They can play hockey. They can be in different positions um, within the hockey eco- ecosystem. And so um, it's just a place where people come together, gather and have that sense of community. And, and you're really taking a, a really personal uh, drive with this in the sense that nursing night is isn't just you hosting the the girls coming to these things you're meeting with them you're setting up yeah. even future event you know whether it's just a zoom call or a chance for a phone call with these girls down the road like for you it feels like it's a really personal in, endeavor sarah that you're really want to commit to not just you know hosting it and saying hey i brought some girls to the club but you get to meet them and kind of understand what they're all about too Yeah, I think I'm like really all about authentic integration and I want to make sure that things make sense. And so it's one thing to invite people out to a game, but there's obviously that personal connection. And um, I do totally see, you know, really eye to eye with a lot of those young women and and those girls. And so to be able to meet and interact with them post game is very important for me and uh, also for them. And then at the end of the season to be able to have a call with all of them and just like chat about anything, any questions they may have, um, about hockey, about life, about hair, about really anything. And so um, it's just been pretty special. I know that this year uh, it's kind of, it's come together pretty quickly, and I know for next year we're going to have even more planned. Uh, you mentioned, you know, your upbringing and being sort of the lone black family that went to hockey arenas. Can you imagine what it would have been like for yourself uh, back when you were young and first getting integrated in hockey to have something like either the Black Girl Hockey Club or seeing a nursing night, like what that would have meant to you to have seen that at your young age? Yeah, I think it just would have given me something to aspire to. Um, I yeah. think of like Angela James is, you know, known as one of the greatest women's hockey players ever. And I never even knew she existed. Yeah. And I think it just would have been game changing for me to have that representation and see somebody who looks like me and understanding that maybe that could be me one day. And so um, it's so important. Uh, it brings me like so much joy being able mm-hmm. to see black families in hockey arenas. We'll know whether it's watching the PWHL or just that community arenas, because um, that means that, you know, we're being welcomed in, into these spaces and um, we're feeling comfortable. And uh, it's not a one time during the season thing. You've got another one coming up uh, March 8th when you guys host uh, Montreal again, you've got a couple in March and, and going all the way through to, to May and April. So by the end of it, you'll have a, a pretty solid group of girls that you've got to to bring to the games and host throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, me playing in Toronto, we definitely wanted to start here, but hoping in the future to be able to branch out to some other markets as well um, because, you know, black girls are playing hockey everywhere. And so by the end of the season, we're definitely going to have a really, really good crew, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, and, and just quickly on, on the PWHL, before we let you go, I know you're busy. Uh, just how good has it been to to have you know you mentioned Rogers being along with you in this endeavor, but to see the the big sporting networks in Canada, the CBCs, the TSN, the Sportsnets, uh, come together to give the PWHL the platform that it deserves. It's really been huge. Um, not only you know being able to be on all the major sports networks um, and have our games really viewed globally, but it's also the production value behind the games. Uh, we've played you know in the past where our games have been on TV, um, but 
they haven't been done in a professional way. They haven't been in professional venues. And so it just doesn't look good on TV. But yeah. what I'll say this year is, you know, our, our games look like professional sporting events. They, they really don't look very much different from an NHL game. And so uh, for a casual fan of viewer, if they flip to our game, you know, they know what they're going to get. And they're going to get, you know, that professional atmosphere, something that looks good, that sounds good. Um, and that's how we attract a uh, new fan base. Uh, Sarah, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Uh, congratulations with the success of the first nursing night. I can't wait to see it uh, expand. I know there's a, a huge fan base out here in Calgary. Uh, when we had pro women's hockey out here on a regular basis that we hope that uh, it continues to expand and, and best of luck the rest of the way with Toronto this season. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate the time. Sarah Nurse joining us this afternoon down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. One of the greatest Canadian hockey athletes out there, world champion, Olympic champion, and uh, a member of PWHL Toronto. Uh, the next nursing night coming up very quickly, March 8th, when Montreal is in Toronto. Uh, you want more information on that, check out blackgirlhockeyclubca.org. Check out Sarah Nurse on her socials. Uh, Rogers has more on these sort of things. So uh, it's just been a really cool thing that Sarah's put together this season. And like a lot with the PWHL, it's happened very fast. We want to make sure to give a platform uh, to some of the great causes out there in hockey. And Sarah's championing uh, championing a, a really good one right now at the PWHL. She's going to have uh, four more of these nursing nights throughout the season. And like she said, in Toronto, big market right now, but they're hoping to expand this, make it a bigger thing. Uh, going forward for young girls all across Canada, uh, not just you know black girls, indigenous girls, girls that maybe don't feel comfortable uh, in a hockey rink. Uh, Sarah wants to make that an open venue, and she's doing a hell of a job uh, with the PWHL and Rogers alongside for Nursey Night. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back on the other side. It's Wednesday, so it's time to get weird. Wildcard Wednesday with Shan, Cam, and myself. Coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Five games on the NHL schedule tonight, including a doubleheader on Sportsnet. Eight o'clock, you can check out the next two opponents for the Calgary Flames. The Boston Bruins up the road in Edmonton, getting set to take on the Oilers. First half of the doubleheader sees Buffalo in Montreal at five o'clock. And then Bruins, Oilers across the Sportsnet television networks at eight also on this Wednesday schedule, Philadelphia, Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, Barf, and Toronto taking on Arizona. 50 watch. Yeah. Which that is ridiculous in February. Stop scoring goals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't. It's a lot of fun. But holy. It, it has to happen in Arizona, right? Where not he's from? Even, not even trade deadline. And Austin Matthews is trying to score 60. <laughs> And, of course, uh, Flames Bruins coming your way Thursday here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. 7 o'clock puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on Flames Hockey. Plus, Pat Steinberg's got your Flames warm-up at 6 right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's Wednesday. I'm alongside Cam and Shan. Time for everybody's favorite segment of the week. It's time to spin the wheel Get a little weird. We'll need your help on the text line at 960-960 as it's time for another edition of Wild Card Wednesday. Get ready to know your afternoon show. It's time for Wild Card Wednesday. Hooray. 
Welcome inside our Sportsnet 960 studios for another edition of Wild Card Wednesday alongside Cameron Hughes, Shan Vergie, Slogan Gordon. If you're new to Wild Card Wednesday, here's how it goes. We have seven categories. We'll each take a turn spinning the wheel and asking the group a question. We have to answer that honestly. Uh, it can get weird. It can get defensive. It can get downright nasty at times. But we love it, and it's our fun way to avoid doing work and no. still telling our boss that we put out content. Uh, Cam, you did just an awful job last week. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Kicking off Wild Card Wednesday. So uh, we're going to pass the wheel to Shan to kick things off this week. Shan, you, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Movies. Mm. Movies. All right. I like this, this one. This will be bad because she hasn't watched any movies. Yeah, this is <laughs> this has become a problem. <laughs> you keep naming actors and actresses. I'm like, who? Or the movie? I'm like, who? What? Yeah. Uh, I, I like I like this one. Okay. And it's one that I have, have debated, and I still don't know if I have my answer ready. Uh, who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, that's good. Who would play me? In a movie about my life. Yeah. Man. Do you have one, Cam? Or do you have one that immediately f- comes to mind? I have one for you, but not for me. You have one for me? <laughs> yeah. Who would, you, who would you pick for me? Zach Galifianakis. Oh. Wow. I think I'm taller than Zach, though. I don't know. You guys look like you're the same height. It's the beard thing, isn't it? A little bit. It's also the general nonsense, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I've, and see, I'm not, none of us are really... I'm sorry, Zach Galifianakis is not even 5'6". Yes. <laughs> we, have a, we have a bit of an issue. Um, honestly, if I had to pick somebody off the top of my mind, I would probably go with, like, I think Jason Segal. Oh. Ooh. I'd kind of go with. I like it. There's no, I've never, I've never gotten the celebrity lookalike thing. But I like Jason Segal. I feel like I, I feel like he could do a decent me. He'll pull it off in a movie about myself. I like it. Cam, I al- I also don't have like a lookalike that I can instantly go to. I think I would like to see uh, like a Leo DiCaprio. I think could pull it off. You know, very very emotionally driven. He's a very emotional you guy. Can turn your mic off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. Leo DiCaprio, maybe, maybe if I hit the gym enough, a Chris Evans would be nice. Yeah, I, I, I got a couple that come to mind. I'm not even gonna give Cam the time of day for that. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Listen, these two people, a lot more attractive than I am, especially the first guy, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I feel like could could play could play me fairly well. Um, he does a good job in the roles where he's a little. I don't want to say unhinged. That's not the right. It's not the right term, but uh, I, I certainly am not the most easygoing person out there. Uh, I think you guys have come to learn that. I'm um, sometimes I can't even handle. I think Jake Gyllenhaal would do a good job. Another guy that I I, w- I would like to play me in a movie would be uh, Shia LaBeouf. Ooh, good pull. He's uh, an interesting guy. Um, I don't know if he has the hair or not. No, I, I, yeah, we'd have to get him to straighten his we'd hair. Have to figure that I have, out. I have negative curl in my hair, so 
That that would be difficult. Uh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. If I was a lot hotter, I think that would that would certainly work. Wow. Um, Don't worry, the bar set low by Cam saying Leo DiCaprio and Chris Evans. Yeah, and if he hit the gym a couple more times, a couple more, just a few more times, twice this week, and it could be Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I don't know. so I, I, I think I think Jake Gyllenhaal is my my final answer. Honestly, for Cam, I like a much younger Paul Giamatti, maybe. I, much much younger. I'm gonna search him up. Like how much younger? A lot younger, obviously. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know what? I get it. I get the Paul Giamatti. The Paul G- like with the glasses. Yep. I mean, he's 56. You're not even <laughs> pushing 30, so... Oh, I'm getting there. That is really good for Cam. Right? That is yeah. Cool. With the glasses, I think it works. I think so, too. I like it. A much older dying Cam. Oh. <laughs> but, like... God, oh. The guy's 56. Come on. No, I'm just saying. Like, We're talking was, in the hockey terms now. 56. You know, by the time <laughs> yeah. Cam deserves to have a movie. Oh. <laughs> right? There's not enough info there yet, so... Yeah, the story is... Yeah, written. it's still... Uh, Still being decided. So I went, uh, Shan suggested Zach Galifianakis from, or no, Cam suggested Zach Galifianakis for me. Yeah. I went Seagal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've decided that Paul Giamatti, a younger Paul Giamatti with glasses, could probably pull off Cam. And you went with Gyllenhaal and LaBeouf. Yeah, not for looks. I need to make that very, very clear. <laughs> I don't think I have a look no, it's like. Fine. No, I don't. I can't think of anyone. I can't either. This is uh this is one we'll have to research. That one guy from you also Hereditary? I forget his name. Anyways. There's a hundred percent chance Shan hasn't seen I, that. I so. have not seen Hereditary. Big horror movie guy. Uh okay, movies kicked us off today. Uh Cam, you get a chance to redeem yourself from the Valentine's Day massacre that yeah, was that last That wasn't very cool. That, that was, was last cool. week where you demolished me and Shan for our singleness, but yep. uh you get a chance to spin the wheel and redeem yourself this year. This week. Music. Oh, Cam likes his music. He does I'm like very glad music. I got this one. My question for you two: What one album or song was the most influential to you growing up? And f- for me, I'll kick it off. Linkin Park's "What I've Done" at the end of Transformers One shaped my music taste for the rest of time. That one song kicked me off the deep end into Linkin Park. I was a big Linkin Park <laughs> growing up. And seeing that at the end of Transformers, you got Optimus Prime staring off in the sunset. The end of every Transformers nice. movie was was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just with Optimus sending some sort of message. Yeah. That. We will remain on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> defend the... 12-year-old me, I just yeah. ride ready, ready to wander through Optimus? a wall. This yeah. is a message to all Autobots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. What I've done. Please louder. Beautiful. Yeah, no. you yeah, a little louder? Oh, sorry. sorry, what was that? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, I know the answer right off the top of my head. It's the last so, um it's the last album that I ever bought on CD, like physically on CD because my car uh in high school wasn't uh uh, good enough to use like an MP3 or a phone. <laughs> so I just had the CD player. Yeah. Um I listened to this I, I can't even tell you how many times it was just always on in my car. Uh, it's my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, by Kanye. Um, crazy guy now scares me on social media a little bit, but uh, the music was unparalleled in high school, and 
Uh, it remains a fixture in any playlist that I create uh, today. It's the last. It's the last like full album I, I bought on a CD really? that I listened to cover to cover, and uh, I loved it. I still love it. There's still so many classics in that. I love every song on it. Uh, yeah, I could. If you were to like, if you were to change the question to, you get one album or one CD to listen to for the rest of your life. I, I'd probably pick that. That is that is I mean I love Kanye and it's it is I guess sad to see what uh what, what he's up to these days but I I his music especially back then I mean I was I was getting into you know middle school high school when I really started to listen to his music and I was lucky that most of it had already come out at that point and it was a nice treat um I I'm I probably my answer I'm not going to say it it's on the 2014 Forest Hills Drive album the, the J. Cole album I'm not going to say what that song is but uh, the one that that really got me into music it was it was I Need a Doctor by uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, and Skylar Gray because the the performance at the Grammys I remember I think it was 2011 or 2012. That's when like I saw them like spitting while they were. It was just one of the best performances I've seen, and I I love this that song to this day. And um, uh, yeah, I just that that song I'll never forget watching the the, the Grammys, and that's why I absolutely love music to this day. Uh, the text line at nine six zero nine six zero. We love when you play along uh, with Wild Card Wednesday. This going back to Shan's question. I love this text. Way to pick the visual category when no one knows what you guys look like. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, yeah, we've all got Instagram. I look like Jake Gyllenhaal, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like carbon yeah. copy. Yeah, Chris yeah. Evans is Cam. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. So yeah. if I had another with, with like two gym sessions, and Logan <laughs> is Logan is five six. Yeah, yeah. I'm yep. five six. Zach Galifianakis. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, Shub says, uh, "Rust in peace, Megadeth." Mom um, was a huge Megadeth fan when I was a kid. We've seen them live together five times. The metal metal never left my system. Love uh, I love that. Uh, this text says AFI December Underground or Rise Against the Witness and the Sufferer albums. Great albums, by the way. Who is that? Rise Against? No. Wow. Are you saying AFI? I don't, don't know any of those. None no. of those. What kind of music? Rise Against is very like rock slash punky. Not quite. I will punk, listen today. Rock. Um, this text are confusing me with Maddie, but yes, cassette to aux was a thing. Um, that I, I had one of those. They were awesome. Yeah, they were, well, they were awesome when they worked. Yeah. I definitely it put it back in a few Definitely times. put one in upside down once and just ruined oh. my, uh, cassette, <laughs> but, um, my cassette player, but yeah, you can have fun with, there was all sorts of technology to make it work with your phone or your, mm-hmm. your MP3 player. If you had an old car, like I did. Yeah, but I just went with the CD player forever. I love that. Uh, Jerry said Led Zeppelin one. Yeah, I mean, how can you go wrong with uh, the classic like that? You literally can't. Did you guys buy any? Like, do you guys? Either of you own any CDs? No, I I used to buy CDs growing up. I'm a vinyl collector now, so no more CDs. I'm a I'm a vinyl guy. Dude, when Kanye dropped My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, we went right to HMV. Yeah. Had to. I just remember my family. You probably don't even know what HMV is. I remember HMV. Come I, on. No, I I don't know what. The, that's crazy. That's yeah. That's a little wild to me. HMV. I remember you my never mom went to an HMV to buy DVDs. No, I don't. Or I mean, I, I was probably alive for that time, but like a movie poster or something. Like when did that stop happening? What that's year? A good question. When did HMV die? 
Because what did they turn into, Cam? Sunrise Records or yeah, something? Yeah, they turned into Sunrise. Uh, oh, I, I know that place, but that's in the mall. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. So was HMV. I don't remember that. It's like, it's like I, remember, I remember the tail end of Blockbuster. Sunrise bought HMV in 2019. So it wasn't that long ago, actually. Pre-COVID, then. Yeah. Oh. Which well. feels like a lifetime ago. I'm going to search up the logo. I mean, it's just Pink. an HM and a V. In, like, I think purple. Pink. Pink. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> Shan's the total digital musicaler, apparently. <laughs> yeah. What? This is this is not a good what, look. What's a CD? Yeah. I know what a CD is. <laughs> no CD players in, in Shan's Tesla, apparently. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I got an 07 Forerunner, okay? Surprised that thing has aux. Do you wonder what that slot is above the radio? Is that what you're wondering? What? Yeah. I thought that's where I put my paper at. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, that's what you... Oh. Mm, yeah. Lots to learn, Shan. Uh, all right. I guess I got the last spin of the wheel here on uh, Wildcard Wednesday. Personal life. Yeah. Oh, no. This one's hard. It can be hard. This one's hard without talking about trauma. <laughs> Without talking about trauma. Every time I try and think of a question for this, it's just like, oh, this is a little too trauma related. Uh, I have a couple in mind and I'm not sure. Cause Shan, Shan scared me earlier and he was like, I don't want to get personal <laughs> life. I don't know. I don't know where to go or what to say. And last time we got, per- I think last time we got personal life, Shan felt like he shared too much. <laughs> and it went like he went down to some traumatic. Oh, yeah. Um, What's your worst high school memory? Come on, man. What's your worst high school memory? We all have one. Everybody from the jocks to the nerds to the stoners playing hacky sack. Everybody has something that went terribly wrong during high school. And I want to know what that worst moment was for you in high school. I don't even know if I have my edges. This wasn't that long ago, man. I am it's still fresh. The archives right now, like digging through catalogs of embarrassing. Mine moments. was going to high school with Cam. Wolf. <laughs> Just That's crazy. I can't believe you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, mine was uh, riding, riding the same yeah. bus as Shan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't need to do this. No. I don't know, man. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. Give me <laughs> like, something. I want. I gotta get. Damn, you going first? Okay. Um, so when I was in high school, I was with my my very first girlfriend at the time, and she was a member of a friend group uh, that I was in. So it was like me, my girlfriend, and then a few other people. Um, and we were at her place, hanging out, all of us, like a big friend group, and we're all hanging out in her room, whatever. It's a few of us are sitting on her bed, a few of us sitting in chairs or whatever, and she's like, guys. You know where you guys are sitting right now? And she like points to all of us on the bed. It's like, this is where Cam and I first made out. <laughs> oh my god! And my heart just sinks. I'm like, did you really just have to go and tell all of these people I think that Cam they're is- sitting on <laughs> where we first made out? You don't have to do that. And the look I got from every person in that room was like, I want out of here. This is this is gross. Cam's flexing right now. It's a low-key flex. Uh, yeah. Every personal life question that Cam gets is a reminder that he's had more girlfriends and more <laughs> more romantic experiences than me and Chan It's just combined. a reminder that the the 
several exes that I've had. Several. See, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, we get it. Have yeah, been, have been have been brutal. Shan would kill to have multiple exes, just True. so you know. Yeah, I'd kill to have one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so sad because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go. I'm still thinking. This You're is, still thinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's uh, there's always a bunch that come to mind. Um, because like I said, we've all had um, like high school memories that went bad. I can remember pretty specifically, um, walking across the down the hallway one <laughs> one afternoon and um. I guess they had just been recently cleaned by the janitor. I didn't see like a wet floor sign or anything like that. Oh, no. I really <laughs> slipped and ate it. And I didn't realize uh, until I was leaving that day, one of my friends pointed out to me that my shorts had ripped. Oh, no. <laughs> right, right down the backside. Oh, no. I had no idea. I didn't hear a ripping noise. I thought I'd torn my ACL or something. <laughs> but I just apparently walked the rest of the day around and nobody bothered to tell me. And no one told you. I like, guess not. What was the visual? Like, how torn? Pretty torn. <laughs> oh, no. It was, a, it was a seam rip. It was... Just, you're rocking thigh the entire way down, walking yeah, I was down like, the hallway. I was like, what is... Uh, this is a breeze I'm feeling. <laughs> I was gonna say you didn't feel the <laughs> cool wind. Cool breeze on this uh, this February day. A little chilly today. I would say that's one of them. I mean, there's so many. Uh, you know, high school is full of those fun moments. I'm sure some of them you can't talk about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we've all had we've all had fun moments. Yeah, I'm like filtering that. out some of those. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Cam to Cam's surprise. I did I did have an ex girlfriend. Uh, Are you going to talk about where you made out with her? No, I'm probably going to le- probably going to leave that out because it didn't happen. Um, we, I, I was dating a girl in, in a friend group, right? Like, like we, it was a pretty big friend group, and a lot of my, uh, a, a lot of my, um, my, my close friends, some of that I'm still closer to this day, and it was it was grade twelve, and I, 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 I broke up with her. It just it happened suddenly. I broke up with her. It wasn't like anything crazy happened. So you um, broke up with her. You'd be surprised. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. uh, Sorry, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily fine after. Yeah, that's. That. It's not like I was like, yeah, look at no. Anyways, uh, yeah, bro- broke up with her, and then I come to school the next day because it happened at night. I come to school the next day, and none of my friends are even looking at me. I'm like, this is awful. Now, like, I, Cam and I went to high school in Cochrane. It's, it's, it's a, it's a small enough. It's big enough where there's a lot of people, but it's small enough to, uh, so everybody knows what's happening. So I get to school, and all the teachers are looking at me. All, all the, the grade nine kids that I've, I don't even know what their names are, like five one, just looking at me like, oh, okay, everybody knows. And uh, yeah, it was just like like sitting there. I'm like, wow, this is this is kind of awful. Uh, anyways, we're all we're all fine now. Yeah, high school is a time of hormones are flying. Uh, I don't think everyone is is exactly um, what they who they are who the, who they want to be. And uh, I'm 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 somewhat glad that I'm out of it. <laughs> I did not want to talk about high school today. <laughs> God, so it was just it was just there it's for a you, dark right? Time, man. It wasn't that long ago, man. Uh, quickly, some text at nine six zero nine six zero. This texture says, "You guys are making me feel really old right now." I'm sorry. Uh, that <laughs> happens. Uh, Dylan and Revy says, "I blocked out all my high school memories. Too many cams there. I'm sorry. Bullied the crap out of me." <laughs> 
Uh, talking about their girlfriends and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Oh, so, too, too many kids talking real. about all their exes. Uh, <laughs> Shub says, no specific moment, however, my grade 11 gym teacher called me Cheeseburger <laughs> because we share the same first name and he didn't want to say his own name. <laughs> Joke's on him. He drove a Porsche but lived in Forest Lawn. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, cheeseburger. You che- failed. Cheeseburger. That's crazy. You'd probably get in trouble if you were a teacher doing that now. I think so. Maybe. Probably. Uh, sorry to make you relive that, Shan. Well, it's just... <laughs> God, I, I wasn't ready for that, man. <laughs> Can't wait till next week when Shan gets personal life and has to relive another terrible <laughs> I, moment. I, I, the ones that I didn't want to get today were, were personal life and, and movies. Because I don't know movies. I just don't. <laughs> I'm like, uh... You need to spend more of your personal life watching movies, I guess. I can't. All I do is watch sports. It's a problem. <laughs> uh, that's another edition of Wildcard Wednesday. We'll do it again next week. Uh, as far as the uh, rest of the afternoon goes, Real Kipper and Bourne have you for the next hour. We'll toss things over to Steinberg for another edition of Flames Talk. And, of course, when we return tomorrow, it's a game day. We will get you set for the Flames and the Boston Bruins from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Six o'clock Flames warm-up. 7 o'clock puck drop with Derek and Megan right here on your home of the flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.